Whenever you have two groups that are vehemently in opposition to one another, who choose to suddenly form an alliance, it is notable to say the least. In today's gospel, such occurs with the Pharisees and the Herodians. If we recall, the, Hero- the Pharisees were religious patriots who were bitterly opposed to Roman rule. And on the other hand, we have the Herodians who are politicians, right? They're interested in power, who are all too willing to cooperate with Roman authorities in order to preserve that power. So clearly divergence in their view with regard to Roman rule. So is their alliance a result of genuine fraternity and love? We would wish, but sadly not. In fact, the gospel writer indicates their real motives. It is to entrap Jesus. So they become allies simply because of their mutual hatred for Jesus. So why do they hate Jesus so much? Well, it's because Jesus challenges their selfishness and calls them to conversion. And they resist that because they're all too concerned about exerting social influence and having and grasping and possessing their political power. And their attempt to entrap Jesus to force him into a dilemma that is an apparent trap And this is how Jesus responds to this question that's posed to him. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Rome? Now, if Jesus responds affirmatively to the question, he will discredit himself with every Jew because really all Jews are burdened by Roman rule and the heavy taxation that ensues. And Jesus would therefore be viewed as a Roman sympathizer and kind of like basically a type of traitor to his own people. On the other hand, if Jesus responds negatively to the question, he will be immediately reported to the Romans as a dangerous rebel who is inciting a tax revolt among the people. So how will Jesus respond? Well, Jesus deftly navigates around the trap. You know, that's kind of one of the perks of being God. You can do that. And Jesus, furthermore, he calls them hypocrites. So why precisely are these Pharisees and Herodians hypocrites? Well, they showed Jesus a Roman coin upon request, indicating that while, in principle, they are absolutely opposed and declare opposition to Roman rule and Roman taxation, in practice, they contradict themselves. Because who's the one who comes up with a Roman coin? The Pharisees themselves. And they choose to carry and use Roman coinage and willingly pay taxes. And Jesus asked the Pharisees and Herodians, whose image and inscription is on this Roman coin? And their response is Caesar. At the time, it would have been Tiberius Caesar. And Jesus' response, well, then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Now, translation, he's saying paying taxes does not equate to being a traitor or a bad Jew. On the contrary, we have our civic duties, even towards a government you do not agree with. And what about his comment, and repay to God what belongs to God? What does that mean? Well, as we alluded to before, Roman currency bore the image and inscription of the Caesar at the time, the ruling authority. Now, every human being whose image and likeness are we made in? Of God, 
God the Creator. So translation, what belongs to God is you, me, all of us, and not like 1% of us, but our entire being belongs to God. Our entire existence, all of our time, our past and our present and our future. Ponder that. If I'm honest, do I live in that awareness that I owe God everything? Not just one hour a week on Sundays, but all of me, 168 hours a week, really, in theory. That I owe God all of my headspace, all of my attention, all of my decision-making. It's a radical notion, but it's really the truth. Also, my finances and how I use my money. And this is the real elephant in the room, and honestly, I'm not going to ingratiate myself with what I'm about to say, but it's the truth, and you have a right to know the truth. Even it seems like the metrics indicate that 90% or north of 90% of Catholics oppose our Lord with regard to sexual teaching. And so, so many of us, perhaps, if we're honest, we would say the decisions and behavior in the, that occur in the bedroom are, well, my sexual life is my own business, God, and please just stay out of it. How and when I have sex, when I contracept, if and when I have children. Those are my decisions. God has nothing to do with that. But what is Jesus' response? Give to God what belongs to God. What are the areas of my heart where I cling to, where I pose resistance, where I say, no, Lord, you do not have permission to be Lord. I have ownership here. Where I'm perhaps unwilling to render back to God what really is his and not recognizing his benevolent authority over me. Now, if we're honest, we'll admit that we're on a journey and if we have an openness, we're going to be open to his grace and open to ongoing conversion in our life. And thanks be to God we are here because we all need our Savior, Jesus Christ. And in this Mass, we want to open our hearts once again to ask the God who gives us everything because God doesn't hold back. He doesn't withhold himself in any way. And he's simply asking us to reciprocate what he's already modeled for us, right? Like when the Lord says, take up your cross, he's not saying, hey, he's like a armchair quarterback telling us to do something while he himself is unwilling to do it. He never does that. He's always willing to lead by example. And he never asks us to do anything that he himself is not willing to do. And so we want to ask the Lord in honesty, Lord, grant me the ability to reciprocate, to respond, and to give back everything to you, beginning at this altar in the transformation of those normal gifts of bread and wine, that we may be transformed along with them into our Lord and into his love.